0: On today's episode of another OU football podcast, George Stoya, former sports editor and OU football beat writer for the OU Daily, joins the program as we talk about the big news coming out of Dallas, the State Fair of Texas has been canceled for 2020 which is a huge bummer i'm a big state fair guy i love the atmosphere and just kind of how it surrounds ou texas and just the tradition that it provides so thought george no one better to bring on to talk about the state fair as two guys that grew up watching the game and have covered the game plenty of times so it was a really good conversation with george as we get into that as well as how it impacts the red river showdown should the game move? Should it stay at the Cotton Bowl? And all of those good things. We also look at the college football landscape as a whole. The Ivy League announced that they will not be having fall sports this year, which is significant from the standpoint that the Ivy League was the first to cancel their men's and women's basketball conference tournament back in March when the pandemic really took off in the U.S. So possibly the first domino to fall again i don't know if the ivy league will have the same type of influence with college football as they did with you know the, the basketball tournaments in March as just no one knew anything at that time and it was a very proactive choice but turned out to be the right one as it seems so it'll be you know interesting to see where college football goes from there but we just kind of get into a big picture look at college football as George who is actually moving to Arkansas to cover Arkansas State Football for the Arkansas Democrat Gazette uh, so super happy for him there. Um, before we get into today's episode I want to bring this up as in the middle of editing the podcast as we tape these interviews um you know ahead of time and so i talked with george thursday morning um after that in the middle of editing the podcast oh you released new covid19 testing data which to just kind of say up front i'm very impressed that how transparent they have been Uh, with releasing data and doing it now what seems like it's going to be on a weekly basis around the same time and so ou released that 89 players have been tested uh, as of july 8 or they tested 89 players on wednesday following the 4th of July weekend and there were zero positive results which is a really cool thing to see just as far as it's a you know it's a positive thing it's a reassuring thing to see uh so there was 14 total cases from last week's initial data uh seven players had tested positive or and and then there were seven players that had already had covid-19 um two players had already recovered from last week's data now they're up to five recoveries 14 total cases five recoveries nine active cases so positive news that Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Oklahoma this week did not see any new positive COVID-19 cases so that's something to at least be happy about Uh, Oklahoma seems to be doing something right and so uh, it's good to see that you saw kind of across the country Notre Dame and Tulane as well um, recently released data where they didn't have any new cases so hopefully things are are, you know college football programs it's going to be a learning process there's going to be a learning curve um, for some of these teams but as they continue to figure it out and figure out what's you know the safest thing uh, for student-athletes, you you really do love to see it. So uh, with that said, uh, we we don't get into this at all during the podcast, uh, but just wanted to bring it up front. Um, So anyway, here is Mr. George Stoya.
1: How's it going, George? It is good, Joe. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. I am, uh, you know, thriving in these conditions, as some would say just sheltering in place i i see it looks like you're doing the same
1: yeah i have been um living off my parents uh for the <laughs> last few months uh eating a lot of good food that my mom's been making a lot of chicken uh and that's about it and i've not been writing a whole lot so i have literally just been living in this is my this is my childhood bedroom that you're seeing right now
0: on, on Zoom, this so on this audio medium that is a podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> I I wish that more people could see the room, but it is, it is great. This is where I I would assume that George evolved into this uh, Bishop Kelly star basketball. There's actually,
1: yeah, there's actually like a Bishop Kelly mural basically over on the other side. You can't see it right now, but there is a mural of me doing stupid stuff at Bishop Kelly. So,
0: well, I think you've got life figured out, man. I feel like having, you know, I say this as someone who hasn't been a whole around a whole lot of people, but like, being with a family right now at least through like kind of this like quarantine part of 2020 it doesn't seem like the worst thing in the world to you know have built-in people i guess to hang out with
1: well and i think for me especially like i was supposed to be in boston this summer and so i was supposed to go from graduating in may to going straight to boston and you know maybe maybe having like a couple weeks at home and so the the chance to kind of hang out with my family for these last few months has been um, I think really helpful for me just because we've gotten to do some cool stuff and I've just gotten to hang out with my family really. And I haven't, you know, kind of got that time that I wasn't expected to have, which at times has sucked. I will admit there's times that uh, we fight a lot and don't get along, but um, I'm definitely appreciative of the time I I did get to have before I get to start my job here in a few days. So.
0: I was going to say that's kind of a, Kind of a blessing in disguise, I suppose, just getting that extra time. And uh, we bring George on today. He is a friend of the pod, he has been on the pod before. And I I guess we can call you recurring guest, George Stoya, um, but former sports editor of the OU Daily. Uh, You were supposed to be in Boston this summer, but obviously the pandemic happened. And now you are headed to the Arkansas uh, Democrat Gazette uh, to cover Arkansas State football as well as Little Rock uh, men's and women's basketball so we are super proud of you and want to say congratulations before we go any further Um I'm curious just kind of going from you've you are like the Perry Ellis of OU student <laughs> media you have been around so long and now you were finally like no longer on the OUB is it weird to was it weird to update your Twitter bio because I'm sure it's been a little bit of the same for the past three years now now it's Completely different as far as what you're covering.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely weird, and especially because like you still follow all the the beat writers, and like I have my OU football list that I you know have like 30 people on that I keep up to date with all of the OU stuff, and kind of like it, I, it kind of really hit me the other day when I yes changed my Twitter bio, but then I started following like all the Arkansas State accounts, and I started following like these fans, and I like made a whole new like list of people on Twitter that I need to follow and all that stuff. And that's when it kind of was like, okay, I'm not covering OU anymore. And like, even though I, I like turned it, I like tuned into the Caleb Williams announcement the other night. And like, even though like I have nothing to do with that anymore, like it does not matter to me. It is, it's definitely a different transition and it's also like different in the sense that like the fan bases are just totally different. Like Arkansas state, obviously like, they've had a really good program the last few years. And I think they're really proud of, of the way, you know, they've, they've performed uh, especially under coach Blake Anderson, but like, Oh, you go from OU where they're like, we want to win a national championship. It's it's national title or bust to Arkansas state. is like, we just want to win the Sunbelt. It's just a totally different, uh, you know, mindset and atmosphere. And um, you know, they've embraced me so far. I think they're excited uh, to see what I have to write, especially with, the season's still so up in the air. And, you know, it, it, that's the other part that's different is, you know, OU has the resources to, you know, test all their players and, you know, kind of battle against this pandemic and maybe play in the fall. Whereas Arkansas State, I think, uh, you know, a lot of their players and coaches and staff are thinking, are we going to get to play at all this year? Um, and so to me, that's really interesting. And um, I'm super ex- excited, though. You know, I'm, I'm pumped to to go to a new place. You know, I've always been one that's wanted to kind of, travel the world I didn't expect that first step to be Little Rock, Arkansas but uh, I'm, I'm super excited uh, just to live somewhere different and, and write about something different I guess but I'll, I'll miss OU I, the OU beat is um, you know second to none there's a lot of great people in there that you know have helped my career your, yourself included and so I'm definitely going to miss Norman for sure. Well, with this next segment, we want to
0: rank the OU beat writers from dead last to, <laughs> to number one, and I'll, I'll let you start. Jason <laughs> uh, Percy last. Also, friend of the pod, we had Kersie on on Monday, and uh, but man, no, seriously though, it's been a it's been cool seeing you kind of go from where you were at the beginning, and the beginning for you was that twenty seventeen year, correct? Yep. So you're kind of like f- you're first like dipping uh, dipping your toes into the waters. Was literally a coaching change, which I don't think anyone could have ever seen coming. But here you are, as a as a student reporter. This is your first year on the OU football beat, and all of a sudden, the 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 coach that OU's had for eighteen years, Bob Stoops, is no longer the head coach.
1: Yeah, well, and I remember my first like real media scrum because I covered women's basketball, and there's like occasionally like the most people that would ever be there's maybe like five to six reporters, but like my first real big media scrum was uh the first practice after baker Mayfield got arrested in Fayetteville and Baker like spoke to the media out on the pra- it was like spring practice and it was like out there on those practice fields, the rugby fields, and I was just like shaking and I still have the video like that because I was in charge of like videoing somebody and my hand is just shaking the entire time because I'm like, what the hell's going on? Uh but yeah, I stepped into uh you know a really fun beat, I would say I mean three playoff runs, two Heisman trophy winners. Um, i mean you got to go to new york for baker i got to go to new york for kyler um and that was a you know an awesome experience and so yeah i'm i'm really grateful for the time i've had on the beat and um maybe now that i'm i'm off the beat maybe they'll actually win a playoff game uh, maybe that's <laughs> maybe i was the the reason they wouldn't win a playoff game but who knows uh
0: unless you'll be uh or unless i i don't think you have anything to do with uh ou's issues in the college football playoffs <laughs> Uh, there are some and there are some very big issues that they I think they're addressing as far as just like, you know, actually building a defense and yeah. paying a guy to, you know, like Alex Grinch paying in the, the way that they are. But no, man, it's a it, it would be I mean, I was going to say it would be insane, though, if like <laughs> the year you get off the beat, like, oh, you actually like goes to the national championship. The ass- yeah. Yeah. Which exactly. yeah I mean, like, I don't think I I, I, I don't. And so we, we are under the the impression, or at least for right now, that, you know, the schedule's on, which could very much change within any day now. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I, I don't know if Oklahoma, you know, as of like July 9th, if they're going to win a national championship. But uh, we do know that the Texas State Fair is not going to be happening this year, which doesn't appear to impact OU Texas. The... Texas State Fair just said, hey, we can't put any – there's no alternative for us to hold the State Fair, which I agree with. And and also kind of – I mean, I, I'm not trying to – this isn't really a knock on the Texas State Fair. It's just a lot of people, but like I mean – if they're saying it's not healthy, like the Texas State Fair, like it just, I don't want to say it's a gross place, but it's, it's, a uh, it's, I don't ever feel sanitary going there. Like I always feel like I need like a long shower after like going to the Texas State Fair. And so they're shutting it down. It doesn't appear to uh, affect OU Texas, but, um, I'm curious what you made of that. I mean, I know you're a big Fletcher's Corny Dog guy. You wouldn't have been there anyway, but, is this uh is this a bummer for you to 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 see that news this week
1: well here's the thing is uh i probably still wouldn't have been there but arkansas state's bye week was actually ou texas so i was going to be off that weekend most likely anyways so i was hoping to maybe make that trip um but it's it's just sad but i you know again it it wasn't like any of this it's not surprising at this point right like we saw this coming and like you said you know, the Texas State Fair is if like if you're going to get coronavirus somewhere, you're going to get it at the Texas State Fair. Like it's it's like the one place that I would like I mean, I haven't even gone to a restaurant yet. I still don't like feel comfortable doing that yet. But like there is no way in hell you could get me to go to the Texas State Fair during a pandemic. Like that place is 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 gross. It's, it is gross. Like, but I love it. You're, you're it's just going like, yeah. to say it. Look, like, it's gross, but it's still like the greatest weekend of the year. And especially like growing up for me, OU Texas was like Christmas. Like I remember my first OU Texas game. My dad, of course, like he like would not let us go till we were teenagers because he was like, it's just too much. And which I still mad at him to this day because I would have gone as a little kid. But I, my first one was 2009. OU lost. Uh, that was the game Bradford came back, uh, hurt his shoulder like on one of the first plays of the game. And OU still almost won. It was like sixteen thirteen or something. And um, but like that's that's what I grew up on. Like I, I went every year. OU Texas was that one that you you get up, you you know you get to the fair at 9, 10 a.m. You eat a corn dog for breakfast or one of the giant cinnamon rolls, which I would highly uh, suggest in the food court are really good. Um, and then you go to the game. You get you know sweaty hot. And then if your team wins, you stay in the fair. Even if your team loses and you're having a good time, you stay in the fair. But and then when you go to college, just it's a whole nother, it's just a whole nother game. I mean, it's just like, it's the one weekend a the year that, that you plan. Like, I mean, me and my friends would literally book our hotel rooms in like April for OU Texas. And, you know, it's one of those things you go down, you know, that Thursday night or that Friday and you party all night and then you get up, you know, early in the morning and you go to the fair, you go to the game, um, you know, and then you party again Saturday night. It's just one of those things that it just sucks that. Um, We're not going to have that. But if that means that we can have football, if the game can still be played, I'm all for it because that game is still special, Um, even if there is no fair. I think it'll be weird. But again, like I tweeted yesterday or whatever day it was that they canceled the fair, you know, I don't think they're going to be playing anyways in October. I think, you know, we're looking at a situation where OU Texas might be, you know, more likely to be during spring break than regular OU Texas weekend, the second weekend in October. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I I wonder if the Texas state fair, like I've been running it all through my mind, like can they move the Texas state fair to like February or March, whenever the game is played, if the game is moved to the spring, I don't know. I just, it's just sad, but I, I, I do think I am going to make the trip to Dallas and get a Fletcher's corndog anyways. Uh, because I believe they do have like pop-up stands but this is also why Joe and I'm rambling now but this is why I eat like close to at least 10 every single year even though it hurts it hurts my stomach so bad to eat that many but I eat I eat I eat 10 every year because I'm like you never know when this could be your last OU Texas and this could be the last you know Fletcher's corny dog so I eat a lot of them. So that that just goes to show you you never know when a pandemic's going to, you know, stop you from eating corn dogs. It's a good point. I do want to ask
0: you to kind of backtrack a little bit. So in mm-hmm. your mind, is it a non-starter for this game to be moved away from the Cotton Bowl because I know that there's probably going to be a contingent of people and I'm not saying I'm one of them, but you don't have the Texas State Fair so it's kind of like why play this game at the Cotton Bowl if you don't even have the tradition of that? Do you want yeah. to see the game move at all? Would you be upset if they said, "Hey, we're gonna go play at
1: Jerry World"? Yeah, that would be a bunch of BS. I um I am a traditionalist when it comes to that game. I uh uh it has to be played at the Cotton Bowl. But my fear is, you know, let's say they say, "Okay, you know what? We can't play at the Cotton Bowl." The stadium's not set up for social distancing, whatever. We have to move it to Jerry World because it's easier to, you know, keep teams separated or whatever, you know, whatever the the situation is. My fear is that they'll do that, and then they'll just automatically just move the game there every year to to Jerry World, no matter the circumstances. And that's what I was afraid of when OU and Texas played in the Big 12 Championship. And I don't know if you were at that game, but it just felt weird. It, It was not the same OU. It did not feel like OU Texas. And so you know, I think they need to play that game in the Cotton Bowl until the Cotton Bowl literally falls apart. Like, I I think that, and and it could, it could, that that stadium, (laughs) every year, every year at at OU Texas, I sit in that press box, or if I'm in the stands, I'm like, holy crap, I may die here today. Like, this thing could (laughs) literally crumble at any moment, but at the same time, I'm like, I would not want to die anywhere else. You know, this is the perfect place to die. And so, um, you know, I don't, God, I got it. if they if they moved it and if you are one of those people out there that want them to move the game, you can go to hell because that game there there's no reason that's what makes the game great is it's the, the fair and the crappy stadium and it's so freaking hot. I mean if you're sitting in that upper deck, you are sweating and I mean it's it's amazing. It's the best part. And Jerry World just isn't the same. I, I and I personally don't like Jerry World, anyways. I don't really like it when the Big Twelve Championships there either. I remember when they used to play at um, Arrowhead in Kansas City. I thought that was cool as hell. You know, play in the snow and stuff. But you know. I don't. I don't know. I if they move it, I'd be that'd be just that would be more devastating than them canceling the State Fair.
0: I think that here's a scenario I want to run by you. So say the season is moved to spring. And then they still play the 2021 season in the fall. If you had at least, and I know that what you're saying, and I've heard a lot of people say that kind of the same thing that they don't want it to move because then it might prompt them to just move it permanently, which mm-hmm. I don't think would be the case. I don't think the Texas state fair people will like, I don't, I, I feel like they would be like, yeah, no, we need to get this thing back. Um, which I think, I don't think they're hurting or anything like that, but you know, I, I don't think they're going to want to lose that. Um, The thing that I think could happen, and just bear with me, if the twenty twenty football season is played in the spring of twenty twenty one, you play it in Norman, and then later that fall, same year, you play it in Austin, and I think like then you have you don't have this you know two as opposed to where it's kind of like a two year deal where it's like you know we're we're just going to go go with the home and home you know, you can get it done literally all in 2021. But
1: I think that'd be fun. I think it'd be a lot of fun, but I also hate it, Joe. I hate it because <laughs> I love the Cotton Bowl and I don't want it to go away from there. And if they're playing in Austin in 2021, that means that, you know, there's no Fletcher's corny dogs and there's no State Fair again. I bet and they would get the corny dogs I, there. They, they probably could, but it's not the same, Joe. It's not the same as you know, walking around and getting the Fletcher's corny dog and then riding some ride and drinking a a beer out of a wax cup and then throwing up on the, uh, whatever the, what's the big wheel called, um, the Ferris wheel, the Ferris wheel. I mean, come (laughs) on, man. Like that's, there's nothing better than that. You can't bring the Ferris wheel to to Austin. So, I mean, I think it would be, I think it would be a lot of fun and it would provide a lot of cool content because that's just never happened before. But, well,
0: like in hundred,
1: like, well, in yeah, like a hundred years, but yeah, uh, you know, but God, no, man, it's gotta be at the Cotton Bowl. I can't, and I people are gonna disagree with me, but they can go to hell. I, I think I, I think a lot of people, of I think a lot of people
0: would agree with you actually. I, I I think you're underselling how much people want to keep it there, because this I, is the hill I'm willing to die. On. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, I I would you know, if it were to move, if it were to move there, I think it would take away a lot of what makes OU Texas great. And that is the pageantry of it. Because I've had this conversation before that, you know, when we were, I forget who I was talking to about this, but I was talking about like uh, Fletcher's corny dog. And I, I wouldn't want it. Like if someone said like, you know if like they opened one up in norman i was like i wouldn't go like i i just no. wouldn't i wouldn't want it like i i need to be in the elements i need to like it's yep. just it's it's more it's more a mood more a vibe than anything and i need to be i need to be first off unreasonably tired because i stayed up way too late friday night and now i'm up really early saturday um i need to have seen a few people that like have like thrown up within very close proximity of me I need to have seen like someone like drop food on the ground, pick it up and continue to eat it. I just need all of the little things that make the Texas State Fair so great. Um I need to be able to smell just like the line like the corn uh, the the corn dog's cooking and like I need to be in that line. And I it, I feel like it's such a weird American thing, but like, God do I love standing in that line. There's something fun about standing in that line. And spending all that money. <laughs>
1: They're so expensive. Like you don't realize like you you're like, okay, I'm gonna buy worth of, you know, state fair tickets. And then you go buy like two corn dogs and all your tickets are gone. You're like, what the hell? And then you're like, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. And the other thing too, I'll say about the game is I I do not think there is a greater five seconds in sports than when the Texas state band marches across the field and you know, they're like playing their little song or whatever, and then it stops and all the OU fans are just, booing and the texas fans are like hook them horns and then they just turn around and it's like oh my god it's like ah ah uh, the hair on my skin it's just amazing there's not a better five seconds in sports in my opinion and that's such a weird thing but i love that moment
0: no man i mean it's all about the moments of the game that make it so great and like the one thing that's going to be i think the one thing that's going to be difficult for me if it were to like move to somewhere like jerry world or really anywhere is like not having that crimson and burnt orange divide at the 50-yard line because there's nothing like the first time you see that because uh, i yeah. th- my, my grandmother uh took me to just full disclosure like for people that don't know, know my, my grandmother took me to ou games growing up um living in oklahoma city and so uh and we went to ou texas a few times 2005 was the first year i went um and just like seeing that for the first time it's such an indescribable thing because you're just like how is this possible how did everyone just know to do that and it yeah. just happened so perfectly and it's it, it would be a it would be a real shame it's going to be strange regardless of of what i think unfolds because i don't think there's any way no matter how good the numbers get unless there's like a vaccine or some type of antibiotic that comes out i don't think you're going to be able to play at full capacity i just don't think that's possible
1: no i and that's the that's the thing is like i i and this may be changing the subject a bit but i think by the end of july we're going to be looking at a completely different football season i mean look at how this week has transpired i mean on monday if you would have asked me if football is going to be played i would have been like eh, probably like 50 to 60 percent this fall and you ask me today and I'm like mm, like five percent ten percent that it's going to happen this fall and so I think you're looking at you know by the end of the month if if there's still a season in the fall I I could see them saying no fans I just don't know how they're gonna be able to do that and like I think it was the Ravens that came out in the NFL that were like we can only allow 14,000 and if that's an NFL team saying that I mean there's no way that these colleges are going to be able to do that. And, and that's the thing that, I mean, the broader issue is that, you know, a lot of these smaller colleges um, are going to have to start cutting sports or just not play the season. And I, I just don't, I just don't know how some of them are going to stay afloat. And that's what I fear the most, you know, just going into the season overall.
0: Yeah. I, I do worry about like the, like seeing what uh, what's happening across the country uh, you saw Boise State cut cut their baseball program as well I think two other teams Stanford which has like Stanford, th- yeah 30 they have like 36 varsity sports so they cut 11 of them uh and just it 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 really it sucks seeing like so many of these like kids like get their opportunity to play college sports taken away and there's obviously like a lot I, I want to you know I, I guess I can't preface it but I, I do want to like add some context like I understand that there's like some much more serious stuff, like there's people that are, like, dealing with this virus in a big way um, who actually, you know, have it, and, you know, they're going through something so, you know, awful that, you know, and unless you, you know, really ha- know someone close to you or are experiencing yourself, it's, I think it's hard for you to fully understand how severe this virus is, and so there, there's a lot of, you know, m- much more serious things going on, but you're starting to see kind of the economic impact, which, has been going on for months, but in Oklahoma, it seems like things have kind of gotten, well, at least because of the the, the loose um, restrictions on what businesses can and cannot do. Um, you've seen some of these restaurants and businesses kind of get back, not to where they were, but like they're starting to like get back on their feet. And I don't know if a shutdown is coming or not. It doesn't feel like Kevin Stitt or Mayor Holt or Mayor Bynum and Tulsa. Like, I don't, I don't know if anything's really you know, sweeping is going to come anytime soon. Um, It doesn't seem that way. But as you mentioned that, that, you know, it doesn't look good. And I hope that we didn't depress too many people. The one thing that I guess that maybe makes me feel a little bit optimistic is that we have seen how this virus, like, like month to month, things can get better. Like it it can change within a week. And now that that kind of depends on people, you know, being safe, socially distancing, wearing a mask. Um, Wear a mask. <laughs> but anyway, uh, George, you're going off to Arkansas, and uh, is I, I'm curious just to maybe bring this onto a lighter note. <laughs> Was uh, just is there anything about the OUB and you know I, I know you enjoyed the, the the people you worked with and uh, the kind of the beat around it, which I feel like as I've kind of talked to some people, it's it's not quite like the the beat at the 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 people that cover OU they're they're not you don't find that everywhere um as far as just like how helpful and how friendly people are especially to the students because like you 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 know just to kind of lift the curtain a little bit you know student reporters um sometimes have it hard especially being around uh professionals and I think the OU beat has been very encouraging at least with like trying to help students and Uh, I saw that with my own experience and I've seen that with your experience, but uh, is there anything in particular you're going to miss about covering OU sports, OU athletics uh, as as a whole?
1: Man. um, Obviously the people, like you said, um, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's also fun to cover a team. That's good. I would say I, I have never not covered a bad team except for when uh, I interned in Detroit and I helped cover the tigers and they were like the worst team in baseball. Um, but like, you know, that I'll definitely, you know, miss just, um, cause every time you write about OU football, it's, you know, it, it could be a national college football story. You know, that's a, that's a big, um, market that you're writing for. So, you know, I'll miss things like that, but, you know, I, I made some good connections with people in the administration that I'll miss, you know, you know, Joe Castiglione, um, the athletic director was somebody that, you know, I could rely on a lot for information and stuff like that. And, and Joe was, was really nice to me. And so. Um, I'll miss those relationships but I think most of all um, you know the people and all that stuff for sure and just working in my college newsroom you know it was such I mean and you know that too you know the feeling of working at the daily um, where it's just so inviting and so um, fresh you know like every day you walk in that and you just kind of feel re-energized almost by the other students and you know that's not to say that you can't find that in professional newsrooms but I do believe that um, you know, there's nothing like a college newsroom in the sense that, you know, people are in there every single day. Obviously, we had a great advisor in Seth Prince. um, And, you know, he's done tons for, you know, both of us. Um, But just the students and being able to have that feel on campus too. you know, walking up and down, you know, the South Oval and going to class even and then like you like one thing that really benefited me, I think covering OU, and maybe you had the same sense, but like, there's times that you're like in the same class as uh you know a Rodney Anderson or uh you know I remember I had class with Samashay P. Ryan when I was a freshman and stuff like that and like you can kind of get a better sense of those players when you you see them all the time and you can kind of relate to them and so I think that'll be a tough transition for me is not being um a student at the place that I'm covering and you know, you kind of get a feel for how the students are feeling about games. Like you know, when oh, OU has a home home game, just by the sense of the students on campus that that week. Um, and so I think those things I'll I'll definitely miss. Um, but yeah, the people and things like that, and um, just getting to know you know so many players over the last you know three years and their families. You know, Kenneth Murray is like the perfect example. I wrote a story about him his freshman year, and I followed his career all the way through and got to know his family. Um, and so those those type of relationships too, I'll I'll miss. And and you know you, you're not supposed to be a fan of the team you cover, and I definitely was not a fan of OU obviously because I was supposed to be professional and all that. But I think you do find yourself being a fan of uh, you know certain individuals, and you know like Marquise Brown. You know seeing you know going to get to tell his story uh, in Miami when they played in the Orange Bowl, and seeing where he grew up, and seeing all the things that he had to. To go through and the adversity that he faced you know things like that but I think you know those stories are on every beat so I'm looking forward to um, doing and finding those type of stories uh, at Arkansas State and Little Rock and wherever else uh, my career takes me.
0: Well we're... that was a long that
1: was a really long and <laughs> rambling answer.
0: No you're good man we're, we're looking forward to, to seeing what you do uh, it seems like you're going to you know a really good place at least the first good starting out job. Um, I especially enjoy like the arkansas democrat Gazette. the way they've kind of been innovative i guess with the newspaper model um if if you know people not familiar with that publication um the thing that i really kind of like every time like someone brings it up it makes me think of this but uh if you were a subscriber to the arkansas democrat gazette uh, they have a program where they can like offer you an ipad basically to yep. like have like a, like a e-edition of like the, of the newspaper, which is kind of like, I mean, that's, you know, being a, I, I, I'll be honest. Like I like holding a physical newspaper, but I sometimes find myself like looking at my iPad and like, cause I'm a, I'm a subscriber to the Oklahoman uh, and a few other things. But like, I, I, I do enjoy like using an iPad to like kind of be a newspaper's, uh I guess, alternative, but Um, that's a really cool thing that they do as far as just like offering something that's kind of, you know, more modern with the times. And it's this thing that, you know, newspapers and media as a, as a whole are trying to figure out like how to make themselves profitable. And so I, you know, I like that they are kind of on the forefront of something that it would be really cool if, uh, if more places offered something like that, but, uh we're excited to we're excited to read you man i um look forward to seeing you know all the justice hansen pieces you come out with i'm sure that'll be oh, a, yeah. a niche be dahu green dahu, dahu green. green i can't believe he's
1: he, so is he a senior going into this year i believe so and the thing is is he's expected uh to be one of their top receivers this year because they lost um their top two guys to the nfl this last year so uh, Dahu is expected to be a key contributor so I'll probably be writing about him
0: I can't remember if I wrote like an actual like feature but I do remember writing the story about Dahu committing to Oklahoma to kind of show how old I am because I mean he was um, he was a freshman in 2015 yeah. Um, so yeah like I mean he is which is crazy that like um, that Dahu Green was a part of that oklahoma team in 2015 that baker mayfield college football playoff run which to think that anyone is still in college from that time is is kind of wild
1: well and uh well i just graduated from i was a freshman that year too so me and dahu must be the same age but uh i i want to say dahu caught a big catch in the 2016 or 2017 ou texas game if I'm remembering correctly, down the left sideline. I don't know. My brain works in funny ways, so maybe I'm remembering wrong. But I'm, I'm almost positive. That That's the,
0: that 2016 OU Texas. <laughs> I was gonna say that 2016 OU Texas game was really weird. There's like a lot of guy. Go- I'm pretty sure like Will Sunderland had a really big game. Um, Get an interception. Yeah. Um. I, there was there was a few names that came out of that one that I don't think really saw much publicity after. Um, no. But no, that that just kind of wild. I mean, I guess it's kind of like the Nick Basquin like track because he was a freshman into dahoo green. That is played in 2015, played in 2016 transferred. So he sits out a year, gets an extra year of eligibility and then suffers a season ending injury in 2018. So I'm assuming a medical red shirt is allowing him to still be on the football team. But, um, George, uh, being covered in Arkansas state, you'll cover university of Arkansas, little rock as well. Uh, which will, will, are you, I was, before we get you out of here, I do want to ask you, um, what do you think of like the fact that you're going to be kind of covering a lot of small colleges as well as you know, you'll kind of be a, the double A baseball beat writer in in, in Little Rock?
1: I kind of love it because uh, I think, you know, obviously there's not going to be a whole lot of other people covering them. So I'll, I'll get a lot of really good access, obviously. Uh, and I think when, you, when you're when you covering those smaller schools, they really appreciate Um, just anything that you write about them. So unless it's like just horribly (laughs) bad, but, uh, but uh, like a scandal or something. But, uh, you know, I think those schools, uh, it's kind of cool, because, you know, they want you to cover them, they're going to give you access. Um, And I think it's also for me personally, like, if I can go in and show that I can juggle, you know, covering three or four different colleges and a double A baseball team, um, you know, that's just going to make me you know more marketable in the future for my future career. And so that's kind of what really intrigued me about the job was um, you know being able to cover so many different things and and show my versatility because um, you know I, I, the dream is to you know cover a big college football team, you know NFL, something like that obviously is is the shoot for the the stars or whatever. Um, and so you know starting at a place like this where I can kind of show off my skills on on all sorts of beat, no matter how big or small. Uh, I think is important.
0: Well, look forward to it, George. Best of luck in Arkansas and be safe with the move, man. Thanks, Joe. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to another OU football podcast powered by The Norman Transcript. Another OU football podcast is available on all major podcast platforms, so whether you're listening on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, you should be able to find us. If you do use Apple, we'd appreciate it if you left us a five-star rating and a review. It helps us tremendously and gets the word out about the show. Thank you once again for making us a part of your day, and we'll hope you'll tune in again for the next episode. On behalf of the Transcript Sports staff, my name is Joe Bettner, and we will catch you next time.